0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to Big Mad True Crime, where we get big mad over true crime. I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and today's case is one that turned into two, that turned into three, that turned into four. The fact that everyone doesn't know about this case blows my mind. Small talk sucks, so let's dive in. (laughs) On Saturday, July 23rd of 2016, Kaylee Sawyer and some of her friends went out to celebrate one of her co-workers' bachelorette parties in Bend, Oregon. A little after midnight, she was a little too drunk for comfort, so one of her friends texted Kaylee's boyfriend Cameron, whom she lived with, saying that Kaylee needed to go home because she was starting to flirt with other guys at the bar. At 12.04am, she called Cameron herself and asked him to come pick her up. He did, and he brought up the flirting, which caused an argument that lasted the entire drive home and then outside in the parking lot of the apartment complex. Cameron walked away and went inside, and Kaylee stayed outside. The argument continued over text because that's how drunk fights go, but after about 10 minutes or so of that, Cameron texted Kaylee and told her to come inside, and he waited, but she never came inside. He went out to see why she wasn't coming in, but she wasn't there anymore. He called her phone and she answered and they talked for a minute before she hung up on him and this continued back and forth for almost an hour before she texted him goodbye and turned off her phone. He let it go and assumed that she just needed some time to cool down or sober up and figured she probably walked to a friend's house to sleep off the night. He woke up around 9am the next morning, or technically probably the same morning, but Sunday morning nonetheless, and he tried to call her, but her phone was still off. So he drove to her friend's house where she had left her car the night before and it was still there. He knocked on the door and found out that even though her car was there, Kaylee wasn't. Eventually, Cameron just isn't feeling right about what's going on and calls her mom to let her know what happened and that he hadn't been able to get a hold of Kaylee all day. By 7 p.m. that night, her mom reports her missing. Tuesday, July 26, the first official search party is scheduled to meet at 7.30 a.m. Volunteers are told to be prepared for heat and walking through all types of terrain. They asked everyone to stay for at least an hour and welcome volunteers to come and go throughout the day. But before the search could even happen, police announced that they already have a suspect in what they're now considering Kaylee's murder. Naturally, everyone is wondering what in the free hell happened in the last 24 hours that changed everything, and they wouldn't learn any of this until much later, but that's what you have me for. The suspect's name is Edmund Lara, and he's a campus safety officer for the community college Kaylee lived next to, the community college that he got his associate's degree in criminal justice from. His wife is a police officer for the Bend Police Department. She is who notified police on Monday night that her husband was involved. She said that when Edmund got home from work Sunday night, he was acting weird and by Monday morning, she was finally like, okay, what the fuck is going on? And she probably thought maybe he cheated or racked up some massive credit card debt or something. But no. He told her that on Sunday morning, Kaylee had walked in front of his patrol car when he was making rounds and he hit her. Not only did he say he hit her, he then says he ran her over. Edmund told his police officer wife that he then disposed of her body but didn't tell her where. But he did tell her that he'd kept her purse, some clothes, and her shoes and put them in their shed. She went out back to see if they were there, and they were, in a bag covered in blood. The bag also contained some of his clothes that were also covered in her blood. He didn't dispose of any of it. He kept it in his shed. Who takes off the clothes of someone they accidentally killed? Sorry, but something is not adding up. Just before noon, after his homicidal confession to his wife, Edmund grabbed his gun, ran out the door, and drove off. She immediately drove to the police station, sobbing, and told them what her husband had just said. And she nor anyone else could have ever guessed what kind of fuckery was about to take place. At 8.45 p.m., Edmund knew his wife had reported him and that he needed to ditch his car, so he parked outside of a Ross and waited for someone to walk out. An employee named Andrea walked out and got in her car only for Edmund to jump in before she could lock it. Seriously, this is one of my ultimate fears and why I lock my doors as soon as my ass hits the seat. Edmund pointed his gun at her, stole her vehicle with her still inside, and drove to Wairica, California. When they got there, he pulled into a Super 8 motel, where he broke into one of the rooms. But the room was not empty. Instead, Edmund was met by the 72-year-old man who was renting the room, and when the man yelled for help, Edmund shot him in the stomach. But wait, he doesn't stop there. Edmund runs on foot from the hotel, forcing Andrea to follow behind him and goes to the closest gas station he could find, which was about 150 yards away, and sees a Honda Accord. The man driving the Honda is inside the gas station, but his mother, his two sons, and the dog were still in the car. Edmund opened the door and forced one of the sons, a teenager, into the driver's seat at gunpoint and told him to drive, and made his first kidnapping victim get in as well. There weren't any screeching tires or anything noticeable because the man inside had no clue his car and family had been stolen until he came back out to get in his car and only found his dog running around in the parking lot. Yes, he let the dog go, but not the women and children. After 40 minutes of driving, Edmund has the teenager pull over at a rest stop on the side of Interstate 5 and lets the family go, but not Andrea. He tells her to stay in the car and drives off. The now safe family calls 911 and police are wondering what in the actual fuck is happening right now. They just had a call for a shooting, a carjacking, and a kidnapping, and now they've got the missing family stranded at a gas station with one wild ass story to tell. An hour before the search for Kaylee was scheduled to start, Bend, Oregon and Yreka, California are able to connect the shooting and the kidnapping to Edmund due to his flapping mouth and put a bolo out on the Honda and ping his phone, which indicated he was still driving on I-5. Everyone heads to the interstate and an officer spots him almost immediately and throws on his lights and sirens. Now, do you think he stopped? Of course not. Instead, he led police on a 10-mile, 100-mile-per-hour high-speed chase, which he eventually gave up on and just pulled over and handed himself over to police just before 7 a.m. Tuesday morning. Still carrying the gun, he used to shoot the man at the hotel and force the Honda owner's son to drive away with. He was charged with attempted murder, Kidnapping, carjacking, and burglary. To boot, Andrea was also charged with the same things until they realized that she was actually his second victim and not his accomplice. They take Edmund in for questioning and are able to locate the car he took from his house. And in the trunk, they find a ton of blood, his bloody security uniform, and a lot of grass. But where's Kaylee? We have six recovered victims, but we still don't know where Kaylee is. Because she's still missing, police went ahead with that search. Searches came up empty, but by Tuesday afternoon, police are able to find the body of a woman matching Kaylee's description in a cannon in Deschutes County, just 25 miles from Bend. It's her. The prosecutor's office wastes no time and charged Edmund with one count of murder in connection to the homicide of Kaylee Sawyer. So let's count these charges up now. Murder. Attempted murder. Murder. Kidnapping, carjacking, and burglary. And this case doesn't get any better. On the 27th, the DA releases a statement saying that they don't think Edmund ran Kaylee over on accident like he claims. Instead, they say he unlawfully and intentionally caused the death of Kaylee. We don't know what information led him to this conclusion, but he added that he wouldn't file charges alleging a person intentionally killed another if he didn't have evidence to support it. My guess is that Kaylee's autopsy is telling a completely different story than Edmund is. On July 28th, Kaylee's autopsy results are in, and her cause of death is listed as blunt force trauma. and. A vehicle could be considered blunt force, but generally, we see that listed when someone suffers a fatal blow to the head. That same day, Edmund has his first court hearing where he's arraigned on his slew of charges, and I shit you not, he has the balls to plead not guilty, as if someone else did all of this cockamamie shit. His attorney requests co-counsel saying he expects the charges to be elevated to aggravated murder, which would turn this into a death penalty case. Again, what do they know that we don't? On August 15th, this case turns into a whole different ballgame as if it already wasn't. During the police interrogation, following his arrest, Edmund changed his entire story. He never hit Kaylee with his car. He saw her walking alone on campus in the middle of the night, kidnapped her, tried to sexually assault her. And when she tried to get out of the car, he strangled her until she was unconscious and then beat her to death. His attorney was right to seek co-counsel because his charges were, in fact, bumped up to aggravated murder, and he is now facing the death penalty. His trial is set to start in October of 2017. There's a pretty intense gag order set on this case, which keeps documents from being leaked to the media and lawyers from doing news conferences, which is probably the only reason the entire world wasn't talking about this case. There were next to no news articles about this insanity for months at a time, which is fucking insane. This guy tried to murder two people. You'll be happy to know that the man at the Super 8 survived. He kidnapped five, stole two cars, and led police on a high-speed chase. But there's no way in hell that Edmund would have been able to have a fair trial in these jurisdictions had it been publicized more. So I guess I get it. It's not like his attorney didn't try, though. He filed for a change of venue, but it was denied, and frankly, that's probably only because this gag order was as effective as it was. In April of 2017, his trial, which was supposed to start in six months, is postponed due to the absurd amount of evidence they have to look through, and he won't stand trial until October of 2018, more than two years after his two-day reign of terror. But they do have an evidentiary hearing in July of 2017 to discuss the admissibility of certain evidence in the trial. And it is a shit show. According to CBS News, Edmund told one of the teenage boys he kidnapped about everything he had done and that he had an urge to kill. Can you imagine someone telling you that while they have a gun pointed at you? They also report that Kaylee's murder happened in the B-12 parking lot, which was gravel. And that's important because the gravel left behind the drag marks from when Edmund moved Kaylee's body, as well as massive amounts of blood. We learn that aside from the clothes and shoes Edmund's wife found in their shed, she also found a bloody rock and a clump of Kaylee's hair. The Ben Bulletin reports that she had been bludgeoned with that rock repeatedly. He kept the murder weapon. The hearing goes on, and we get a glimpse into the state of Edmund's mind during all of this, and it's really, really creepy. It turns out that Edmund called 911 when police started to chase him down I-5. He told the dispatcher that he was wanted for killing Kaylee, but that it was an accident, but the dispatcher noted that he was eerily calm and nonchalant about it. He told her that he would reveal the location of her body in time. Edmund had left little puzzle pieces along the way for police to find. Before he kidnapped Andrea and stole her car, he left a weird cryptic note in it that had the number 18700 written randomly throughout the letter in three different places. Police did a search and found an address with that house number, and that is what led them to Kaylee's body. But let's get back to that 911 call. He finally agreed to pull over, and when he did, he just handed the phone to his sobbing second kidnapping victim and got out of the car. He was searched by two different officers before being taken into custody. The second officer found a knife and a handcuff key on him. Edmund took this as an opportunity to almost taunt them, telling the officers that they should really search people better. And then tells the cop that he's wanted for the murder of a man at the Super 8 motel. Edmund assumed he had died, but thankfully he didn't. But let's make this case even weirder than it already is. He then told the officer that he was wearing body armor, which as far as I can find, he wasn't. But when asked why he was, he told the cop, I came to throw down. The main argument throughout this hearing that was only supposed to last five days but wound up taking 12 was whether or not his incessant confessions were admissible in court. Because this dipshit told fucking everyone what he had done and then for whatever reason decided to plead not guilty. And I shit you not, the Ben Bulletin reports that the judge decided that Edmund's initial six hours of questioning were in fact found inadmissible. Apparently it wasn't clear if Edmund invoked his right to an attorney and said the detectives should have asked clarifying questions. I'm going to need a fucking drink to get through this. Nancy Grace picks up the case and even more information comes out. It turns out that prior to his crime spree in July of 2016, in the two years he had been working as campus security, Edmund had been accused of approaching more than one woman and making them uncomfortable during his graveyard shifts. None of these complaints ever resulted in any disciplinary action. He had worked at a security firm prior to working for the community college and applied to work at a few different law enforcement agencies, but he kept failing the psych tests. This case going to trial is going to be a fucking shit show, but maybe it doesn't have to. The death penalty is controversial, but it offers leverage to keep gruesome trials out of the court system. It gives the opportunity for heinous murderers to plea out to life without parole to avoid possibly facing death. And that's exactly what Edmund Lara did on January 22nd of 2018. He finally came to his senses and pleaded guilty to the aggravated murder of Kaylee Sawyer in return for an actual life sentence, not that 25 or 50 year shit. He will avoid the lethal injection and have no possibility of ever breathing a single breath of air outside of prison walls. This case may have taken forever to be heard, but the police work across two states to nab this son of a bitch was incredible. And Kaylee's parents were able to use their daughter's murder to bring attention to the misconduct and poor training associated with the department Edmund worked for so that something like this could never happen to anyone else's daughter ever again. For all maps and photos pertaining to this case, check out the highlight at the top of my Instagram profile at the Heather Ashley. Join me tonight on Instagram at 9 p.m. Eastern for Crime Talk Live, where you go live with me and we discuss today's case. If you like your podcast ad-free, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Crime, or for just one whole dollar a month, your episodes are ad-free. If four episodes a month just aren't enough for you, for $5 a month, you get an exclusive episode available only to Patreon members on the first Monday, of every month like today patreon members got the disappearance of jacob and sarah hoggle and yes anytime you join you have instant access to all previous bonus episodes i'll be bringing you a brand new case a week from today and i cannot wait but until then we out (laughs) Like when they're... I'm dying. (coughs) I think I choked on air. Let's get back. Questioning or... Still...